Hello, I'm Ramey. This is Dakota. And you're listening to Leveling Duo. Today, I think I'm going to tell Dakota a little bit about my time playing Halo. Which, just to clarify, I have played a little bit of Halo myself, but I've not played many of the games. Just not really my thing. Like, no hate. I like the Halo lore. Never really got into the games. I basically know little to nothing other than about Master Chief and the Flood and... That's about it. I got into Halo the same way you did, actually. I was thinking about it. I played multiplayer at school, free version on the PCs, you know? Yeah, that was a minute ago. Yes. So it was about 2004 that I started playing the campaigns. I got my first Xbox around 2004, I'd say just after Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. I was like, how did I miss out on this amazing thing? It had a special edition that came with the console I bought. That's the only reason I even played it. So the first console I got that was an Xbox also came with Halo 1. And they were doing this in anticipation for Halo 2 releasing just a month or two down the road. Yeah, I remember they kind of released some of the Halos like pretty quickly back to back. Halo 1 came out in 2001. Mm -hmm. So it was a few years, but like I said, I hadn't played it really. Just a little bit of multiplayer here and there. And I love the lore. Fell in love with Master Chief and Cortana and Guilty Spark and the slick covenant ships they had. And I realized Halo 2 was coming out as soon as I did some more research and realized what I was missing out on and had to go reserve the special edition steel book and everything of that game as soon as I got done playing Halo. Mm. <laughs> it didn't take me too much time to do all that in quick succession because Halo came out. Halo 2 came out November 9th, 2004. It was just a few months between me playing the first one and wanting to get the second one. Mm. It's pretty convenient timing. It was. I, like I said, the bundle they sold really worked. At least it did with me. Uh, they knew what people were going to do. It won a bunch of awards when it first came out. People loved it. Like I said, I loved mm. it. I used to see clips of it on X-Play and stuff like that, not knowing what I was missing out on, like the beach and one of the islands hunting for the cartographer, the silent cartographer. Mm -hmm. Grunts and all of them just running around. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool, I guess. But I was still in my Call of Duty World War II phase, I guess. Yeah, I was more of a Call of Duty player myself back in the day. Uh, a little bit of World War II, uh, then uh, the original Black Ops. I skipped the original Black Ops and played the second one and loved it. The bad guy in it was cool. Yeah, I did like the second one better. An idea of how important this game was to me. Mm -hmm. My aunt bought it for me as an early Christmas present because my father had passed away that year. That, just that Valentine's Day. So on the way back from that whole event, she bought me the Xbox console. And so I was a very lonely kid. I'd moved away from my old home. I didn't have any friends. Yeah, well, I hate to hear that, man. It's, it, I mean, I'm not, it's not a sad story. I mean, it's a sad story, but it ain't a sob story. I'm just telling you what this game meant to me, I guess, at the moment. Oh, I mean, I get you, man. I mean, like, it was something that was introduced into your life at a pretty, like, rough down-and-out point that kind of was able to bring you back out of the brink and, or at least try to help you from, you know, falling too deep into the brink. Yeah, I was 14 years old, and I ended up finding out there were some books after I played, I went to the midnight mm. release of Halo 2 and got that. You know, I've still got the game. I've still got the still book. It's looking a little rough, but I've got it. I was walking through a bookstore and realized they had some books. And I started reading them. The Fall of Reach was the first one. Mm. It's the lore of how John, Spartan 117, got to be what he is. I just fell deep into the lore. After Halo 2 was over, it was a big point in the game, too. That made multiplayer a thing for Xbox. That it did. It was, yeah, it was kind of overlooked. And it was the age and multiplayer on anything other than a PC or couch co-op was becoming a thing. Yeah, I gotta miss the old LAN parties. I never actually had one. Well, I never really, like, I don't know, like an actual, like, party. I don't know, there was a few matches back in the day. I remember our school 
used to hold events for Halo 3 when it came out. Like, one of the events was to play the game. You know, I do too. Yeah. yeah. I want to say, didn't they, like, like set up something in, like, the gymnasium or something that was, like, it? you got, like, a 15-minute play or something? It was a competition. It was a competition for Halo 3. Mm-hmm. I never took part in it because I didn't do things like that back then. I didn't even go to the event. It was like a carnival, and mm-hmm. they had a booth, a whole section set up for a competition. What do you call it? Um, not a competition, a... Um, tournament? A tournament. A Halo tournament is what it was. They even held one for Halo 3 or 4 in the cinema, our local theater. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Now, what did you play other than... Did you just play the PC-free version like I had started off years ago? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, just out in the computer lab, it was just like one of those games that was downloaded on everything and play against whoever else in class was bored enough that day to boot it up. Red versus blue. Mm-hmm. Rooster Teeth had their own little series pop up about it. Yeah, very classic. Funny. I don't know how well it's aged. I haven't watched them in a while. Now, don't let me just steamroll over you. When I get to talking about this, I can talk for a long period of time. I did want to ask, uh, Ramey, like, when you say that you kind of fell in love with the lore, like, what about the lore was it that really kind of drew you in? Like, I know, like, you're a major, like, Master Chief and Cortana fan. What about them, specifically? I've never fell into a sci-fi setting. At the time, I wasn't into anything like Stargate, Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah. And this is my first real sci-fi. Back, back then, you were pretty much, like, stuck in, like, World War Two era like memorabilia and like warfare type I, of stuff. Yeah, I, if it was my media source, yeah, I mm-hmm. would I would go into that or Pokemon still, you know, the anime yeah. was still on. But I didn't never get into a sci-fi setting until this came along. When it comes to novels and stuff like that, I wasn't what you would classify as a goth kid. I didn't dress like that. You you knew me. I mean, mm-hmm. cuz that same year is when I started school with you again, even middle school. I wasn't that kind of kid, but I did love Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles and The Witching Hours and all that. Uh, I loved the vampire novels before All Good Reads. Yeah. So this was all new to me, this whole sci-fi thing. And I guess it was a period of change in my life. I found something I liked and stuck with it. Always good. And as for them themselves, his attitude, strong and silent. Cortana had her little quibs she would give out ever so often. Mm -hmm. You know, and Guilty Spark was just as funny as could be in his weird, crazy ways. Now, who was Guilty Spark? Because I don't... He was the monitor of Installation 04. Hmm. Halo Ring Zero Four. Yeah, and he was the little blue orb that tried to trick them into oh, activating. Okay, it. okay. You know what I'm talking about now? I think so. Yeah. Every, every Halo array had their own monitor. They would just keep the place up. Forerunner AI, ancient technology. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Halos were essentially like a civilization-ending device, right? Yes. Now, I'll do this as quickly as I can to explain that. Okay. Yeah, g- thing- give me like the condensed version. Yeah. There there is a thing called the mantle. It's mm-hmm. it's not a real thing. It's it's a more of a status. You are the ones who keep the galaxy in check and in order. The forerunners had it. They were a species of people thousands and thousands of years ago who kept this galaxy in order. Before them, there was the Prometheans. Okay. The Prometheans made the forerunners to be their replacements. Replacements, but they ended up making humanity as well and liking us more. Okay. Forerunners rebelled, took out the Prometheans, which Prometheans could shapeshift. They could look like anything. Being they changed their own DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were cool. I guess they you could think they seeded the galaxy in the first place, maybe while they thought it was their mantle to take care of it. Well, that kind of also like kind of clever to call them Prometheans. Yes, it was. You know, like basin because with I believe it's Greek mythology. Yes. Uh, 
The story of Prometheus was a minor god who gave fire to humanity and took pity upon them and then was forever tortured ever after for that. A buzzard, I believe, eating his liver, liver or kidney? Yeah. Yeah, eating his liver every day and it would like regenerate and become immortal. Yeah. Yes. He just went through that thanks to Zeus's punishment. But yeah, Prometheans. Now, it is fitting as well that when the forerunners took them down Mm -hmm. so that we didn't get the mantle in front of them, a few of the Prometheans escaped out into the depths outside the galaxy, Hmm. the darkest space. And they were going to sit there until they could reclaim their mantle, and the forerunners eventually kind of petered out. They thought they would peter out. Mm -hmm. Instead, they put themselves into a stasis. They could change their cell status, like I said. Effectively kind of like pause their time. Yeah, they could pause. They were just going to make it to where they didn't age, pretty much. Uh, with their own, just decide to do that one day because they were genetically capable. Instead, they sit out there and fumed and fumed about losing everything to the forerunners, that it corrupted their DNA, and they became a spore that would eventually be found by humans because we didn't get the mantle, but they didn't really kill us off or anything. They just let us, They were, we were part of their galaxy, and they would protect us because they are forerunner now, and they are in charge. Hmm. Uh, we had our own giant empire, and they just kind of overlooked everything the forerunners did. Okay. Well, humanity eventually came across these derelict ships out in the depths of space and thought the spore was cool. And all it did was they found out you put it on human's best friend, a dog. <laughs> you put it on a dog mm-hmm. and it would evolve it and make it look cooler. Like little flashes of fur here and there and make them healthier. Okay. Over a few hundred years, that spore began to spread to people. Okay. That spore was what is left of Prometheans and their weird cells. And it became the flood. Oh. Yeah. And at this point, the humans begin to b- destroy their own planets. The only way to get rid of this spore that would spread to humans, make them want to be carriers and spreaders themselves, and it would just spread and spread. Eventually, all the dead organisms that had been infected would meld together, become something known as a grave mind, mm-hmm. and then launch out to conquer more worlds. Hmm. Yes. That is uh, terrifying. They gain your knowledge and everything, and they just turn you into like a goo and make you into another creature and send you out to fight. We begin the glass planets. Forerunners didn't notice this. They were a slow-to-waken species. They were technically immortal in their own way. So they didn't realize. they like, humans are acting up. They're glassing their own planets. And then we started glassing some of theirs that were on the border. We would just cover them in plasma and obliterate them. And they didn't even really do much then, because it isn't in their nature to interfere. Eventually, they did have to. We began to kick out huge swaths of their empire. They, They thought we were just doing it to be mean. Okay, so they were not aware of the flood. No, they didn't see it as a problem. The flood all of a sudden disappeared off of humans' radar. It just went away. Mm-hmm. They had eradicated it. But, but then the forerunners had awakened to the anger state that they became and conquered humans. It was a hard fight, but once their full might got behind it, we really didn't stand a chance. Okay. We did fight a bit. And they reverted us as a punishment into baser beings. We went back to like Stone Age and sent us back to our homeworld, Earth. So now we are cavemen again okay they have gene therapy and all that stuff they done it to us to punish us make sure we didn't overreach again about as soon as they conquered us and sent us back to our home world the flood showed up on their radar and they're like what is this and then they realized we were trying to help the whole time ah but it was too late it was everywhere it slowly conquered all their things they tried making shield worlds big planets to keep species safe made of tech and but obviously that did not work it did not work now some of them are still out there they had a class system like you were a the highest class in a forerunner society was the tech people, like the people who made technology and massive things like Dyson spheres and stuff like that. Okay. Then you had the librarians, or the librarian. They were the people who took care of other species and genetics and science like that. 
And then you had things like military, and then you had miners, people who, builders. Builders is what they called the tech people, the head of the class system, by the way. That's the word I was hunting for. Okay. So the Didact, which is leader of the military caste, wanted to turn humans into machines to fight (laughs) these enemies. Kind of sounds like uh, Cybermen. Yes. He said they can't be infected, we'll take them. And the librarian of all the other ones, like, no, we are protectors. We can't be doing this to them. So they wouldn't let him. They locked him away in a shield world, uh, timeless sleep. Sounds like he's going to become a big bad. He does in Halo 4, yes. Of course. Yeah, he goes around starting to turn people into machines. In Halo 4, we find his grave sleeping spot. Hmm. But that's just a, a convoluted way of me saying it all connected in the lore. It, it's, a, it's a great story if you get into it. They have hmm. stories about the didact, and the guy that replaced him, who was just a little minor boy. <laughs> no, he was a builder. I, I was wrong. He's a builder. And then he downclassed into a uh, warrior class when he met the didact and realized what was happening to their empire. And then eventually he replaced the didact as the leader of the military when his own wife, the librarian, helped capture the didact. And that's all in Lord Halo 4 and the books that came out. They have books called The Forerunner Saga, which covers what happened to the Forerunners and the mess that the Prometheans left behind. Hmm. <laughs> I have went on for a while talking about that. Do you have any other questions about why? Well, uh, something I was curious about uh, that you might be able to answer was, how exactly did the halos work? Oh, that was the first question. I am sorry for not answering it. Um, well, like, like, yeah, like no problem. Like, I'm glad to get like all the extra context because, like, I did ask you earlier. It was all because I told so. you all that story because of it was a spore, and it's important to know that. The halos worked. The only way they found out they could stop it, because they tried making an AI that would just fight their battles for them and keep all flesh off the battlefield. It mm. would be hard for that thing. When you get enough of those grave minds working together, they can corrupt AI. They logic it into thinking it's doing the right thing by fighting the people who made it. Ah. And that's what happened. But the Flood do not want the halo arrays activated, because it will destroy everything down to the cellular life. Any form of cellular life is gone. But the building materials are still there so it can start from scratch without destroying the galaxy, technically. So it's kind of like a reset. It's a reset. And that's the mm-hmm. only thing the foreigners could do. They left behind their AIs, Ancillas, I think is what they call them, mm-hmm. to monitor everything and keep things going. Thaw out some of the people they had saved when it came to other species, like humans and all that. They, they put us in stasis, activated the halos, released us from stasis thanks to their AIs. But they were all dead at that point. So, speaking of AIs, like how did Cortana rank? As far as, like, by the end of the her story. Well, Cortana was a unique case as that she was made from a living human brain. All of the other AIs were created by, in not, not the Forerunners, but all the other ones in the human society were created by dead brains. Mm-hmm. People who had died, they took their brain because it kills the brain. Okay. Dr. Halsey, the same scientist who made the Mjolnir armor and Master Chief, also cloned her brain to make Cortana. Okay. Prometheans had a galactic internet called the Domain. Okay. And... When she started messing around with the Halo, she started kind of connecting to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it kind of corrupted her a little bit. She gained... She kind of went like a little crazy. An, an eternity's worth of knowledge. And she didn't really go crazy so much as she realized the only way to keep humanity safe is to control it. This, the classic best way things AI can do for us is control us or kill us for our own good. Mm. You know, she kind of... Sounds like that. a recent uh, chat... Uh, GPT thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cortana eventually perishes in the newer games, but she's got a clone of her own. So, spoilers, 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 Cortana's got a clone of her own. But no, Cortana ended honorably doing the right thing. Well, that's good. She got control of the Halo Arrays, 
mm-hmm. and kept anything bad from really happening. When somebody came after them, she kept them away as best she could. Some of the former... Now, the Covenant. I think we should mention the Covenant a little bit, right? Yeah. They're also kind of like another major player in the entirety of the Halo lore. If you know the Prophets from the Halo games, those decrepit-looking old aliens that are leading the religious covenant of group of aliens that worship the forerunners tech they mm-hmm. think they were gods and they ascended what in fact happened was they got obliterated by their own weapons by their own decision they think it was a gates to lead them to heaven and mm-hmm. that they were going to activate those if they ever found them and go to heaven with the forerunners well i mean like in a way <laughs> yes really the covenant has formed by conquering it was started off with two species the Sangheili, which is the elites mm-hmm. and the sangjuin who are the prophets the Sangheili. And the prophets were at war, and then they began to work together, and then they started conquering other species to bring them into the covenant, become part of us, help us collect relics of these ancient species, of our gods. And humanity, they didn't do that. They immediately bombed us in a planet har- harvest when they found us. Because when their scanners picked up the planet, they thought they had found the treasure trove of Forerunner tech. Because mm. it showed up as a symbol. Forerunner, Forerunner, Forerunner. Every time the whole planet was covered in them, it showed up. Every human as a forerunner. Their religion would have fell apart if it had got out. Mm. Because forerunners realized maybe we should have led the galaxy before they passed and made it known that our species should be the ones to have access to their tech when the time come. That might have made a major difference, but it could have went in a possibly a worse turn, though. Yeah, it could have been, especially since we were technically at a war and we met to covenant with ourselves anyway. True. With the insurrectionists who don't like the Earth's government. And just be like, oh, blow everything up. Yeah. So we we were immediately a threat to their authority, to the prophets. And so the prophets had us marked as enemies and, and no offer to join the covenant, just obliteration. Mm-hmm. So that's how that happened. Um, but that's why also when you get to the Halo Array, Guilty Spark will say, oh, look, a reclaimer. And just treat you like you're royalty. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, the Forerunner tech usually just accepts us. Unless there's a flood infection, and then they think everything's dangerous, and they'll protect us until we get infected, and then they'll blast us. Mm. Um, which, another thing, that when the Forerunners did, when the Covenant did find a Halo array, finally, they immediately released the flood. The Forerunners had left bottled up there so humans could study it and maybe stop it one day properly, instead of just... It was a research station on each Halo. And that one studied the flood to try to stop it or leave the tech behind for us to learn more. The Covenant just blasted it down the door and let the flood out. Damn. Yeah, they didn't really know what they were doing. Uh, that's how we got that started. Also, back in that war I was talking about mm-hmm. with the Forerunners and the humans way back when, we had allies. The Sangjuin, the prophets back in the day before they evolved into what they are, these decrepit, crippled things, you know. Yeah. They can't really walk on their own. They need gravity chairs to hover around in. They were the most beautiful species around back then. And they were on our side trying mm. to stop the flood. And they didn't get punished quite as much because they weren't supplying the troops and everything. Yeah. So they, they didn't get reverted, really. They just kind of got sent back to their home world and t- taken away. They had to start from scratch. It's, it's odd that they lead the covenant and humanity is their greatest enemy now. It's amazing what time can do. Yeah, millions, thousands and thousands of years. Now, the Spartan program. Yeah, we should talk about that a little bit. Like, like, who was the first Spartan? It isn't really listed who was the first to succeed in their pro. The, all of them were collected together. All these children were collected across the galaxy. Mm. Uh, all of human space, anyway. 
And we were at a war with the insurrectionists, the UNSC was. And they needed super soldiers to help stop this insurrection, trying to break away from the Earth government. We hadn't met aliens yet or anything. We just found, you know... Purely human conflict. Purely human. And the insurrectionists were doing their best to terror their way out of the colonies. So they sent a scientist out named Dr. Halsey and a Commander Keyes, or Lieutenant Keyes at the time, maybe. She had one member of the military with her because they made her take him. And he's the Captain Keyes you meet in Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved, in the future. So he helped collect John and the other kids for her. Okay. And they took these kids to a planet called, I can't remember, it might have been Reach. I believe it was Reach. And they immediately started telling them that they'd been inducted into the US, USC military and all that. They replaced them with Flash clones overnight, so their parents would think that they are still there. Okay. Flash clones had finite lives. They would die of cancers and stuff real quick. Okay. So all these parents think they had their kids, and all of a sudden they just die. That's horrible. Yeah. So Dr. Halsey's training them. The first thing they have to do is like jump out of a plane, a pelican, to see how brave they are and activate their parachutes. It's wild. John went through all this. He done really well. He mm. came out to be a leader. He might not have been the fastest or the strongest, but he knew how to handle himself better in a group of kids. Uh, Dr. Halsey had a favorite in him. Okay. They wanted to make advanced combat armor, reflexes like crazy, uh, strength to lift cars. But when they put a normal person into it, his bones snapped because the reflexes were too fast. Mm-hmm. And that made him go into convulsions and because his bones snapping made him jerk some more. And it's just a mess. He pulverized himself. So they needed to make the kids stronger biologically. They made their bones denser. So by the time he was like 16, mm-hmm. he had went through these procedures to augment his bone density, his muscle mass. He is the size of a large wrestler, I guess you could say, at 16. The whole group of them are, all the Spartans. Half of them died. They're in the process. It all happened at once on a medical yeah. ship. Yeah. So they, they did all that to them. Half of them died. Some of them become disfigured and went off to train the next generation of Spartans. And some of them just got put in homes. There's a nice little a short story in one of the books about one who's in one of the homes joining up with the insurrectionist when he realized they'll still let him fight. Eventually, they gave John his meal on their armor. But right after he had got over his procedure, they wanted to mm-hmm. test him out. So they sent him to test out his... New abilities. They didn't tell him what he was doing. They didn't tell him it was making him stronger. They just told him it would make him a better fighter for the UNSC. And that was enough for a kid who had been indoctrinated indoctrinated to this point, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'll do the procedure. I don't care how many of my friends it costs me. Hmm. So he got out there in the gym at this spaceship, lifting weights, and thinking the gravity needs to be cut up a bit because something's wrong with the weights. Mm-hmm. He cuts it up. And then some Marines show up. Some ODST. You remember yeah. that game? They show up. But they come up and started a fight with John. And he just killed one of them instantly. Didn't mean to. He just mm. didn't realize how strong he was. Damn. And kind of find out it was all set up by the higher-ups to see if he is actually capable of being as good a fighter as they promised he would be. So they just sacrificed their own men. Yeah. Just to prove a point. Yeah. It was a mess. But John felt a little bit guilty about it, but not, not enough to worry because he was defending himself. Mm-hmm. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. Sometimes. Then one of the Spartans, one of John's team, uh, before they got their on their armor, it was still in development. That's when they encountered the Covenant for the first time. And they sent his team in because they were either that or get destroyed. Mm-hmm. So he said they sent his team onto the ship. One of the Spartans went missing. His suit got ripped, couldn't get it back out into space or like that. So 
they thought he died, but in fact, he had survived. A black ops ship had captured him and taken him to a planet called Onyx. And they mm-hmm. trained the generation three of Spartans. The first generation being the Greek Spartans. Okay. Yeah. So the third Spartans were made to be expendable. They weren't meant to go in and succeed and get out like Dr. Halsey's. They were cheaply made. They would go into like an adrenaline rage when their body was to the point of breaking and complete their mission and then die. That's cool. It is. Dr. Halsey did not approve of that. She might have been a cruel woman in her own way, but she was not that cruel. She was also very good at AI. Like I said, she made Cortana in her own image. Uh, Cortana was the greatest AI humanity ever made. Mm-hmm. And Cortana's AI, it would go corrupt. It would think themselves to death in about seven years. The domain that Cortana got into kept that from happening to her, thank goodness. And that's why in Halo Infinite and some of the earlier stories, all the AIs for the good of humanity also was happy to side of Cortana. She could stop the corruption. Hmm. Yeah. I always really liked the lore and the depth of everything that they expanded on with Halo in general. But as far as the gameplay itself goes, like I've just never been like a huge shooter per se. Yeah. Like like not hating uh specifically on shooters in general, just just wasn't really my cup of tea. I know that earlier I said that I was more of a Call of Duty player, which I was. I don't know, just like there kind of like how you said like you weren't really like huge in like sci-fi stuff at the time. Like I wasn't really so much either. With Halo, like, I thought the concept was cool, but I, just not cool enough for me to really get into. I don't know if I would have been as deep into it if I hadn't have found the novels. Which, I'm a pretty big reader, so I can understand that, too. Like, the books definitely expand a lot more on the story itself than the games ever do. I've learned so much more from the books. Halo Reach really messed up the story of Halo, by the way. If you go to play any of these games, mm. you can play Halo Reach, but... I'd recommend just reading the book, Halo the Fall of Reach. It's the first of the novels, and it tells, like I said, the story and how Reach fell. The next book is called Halo the Flood, and it covers the time that we played in Halo Combat Evolved, the first game. Mm. And you even get some different point of views. You see some of the Covenant's point of views of things. And it also explains how Sergeant Johnson got off that Halo. (laughs) Shows up in the other games. It's a big question a lot of times until then, because he should have died when they blew up that thing. Now, Halo 3, it was a big deal for me. Because when I said I moved and really didn't make any friends outside of school or to bring home and hang out with, I didn't hang out with people. I stayed alone from 2004 until 2007 mm-hmm. when Halo 3 released. And I realized I was really lonely and sad. Mm. And I needed to make some friends that weren't just the people I talked to in school occasionally. Right. So on the bus home, I mentioned that I had Halo 3 coming in. I was going to be picking it up at midnight, and I invited some people over the following week to hang out at my house. The first people I'd ever invited over to my house. I was 17 years old. Well, I mean, like, better late than never. And so basically it was just a Halo party. It was a Halo party, and I invited some people that rode the bus, and then one random dude who I didn't expect to get word of it, just out of the blue, asked me if he can come over, so I had to go farther than my own street to get him. But that's fine. He became a pretty good friend of mine. You knew him, Brett. Um, And it was a good story. It kind of wrapped up everything of the Covenant War with humanity. The Covenant began to have its own civil war and all that. And I made some really good friends playing it. I was really good at the game. It's also the first time I cried playing a video game. Like from like being angry or sad? At the very end, Master Chief has died. There's a memorial service for him. You did see the ship split in half. 
Mm-hmm. Only one member of the party made it back to Earth, and the other half disappeared. And I thought Master Chief had died. And so I teared up quite a bit. I was really sad. <laughs> well, everyone has a game that hits us like that sometimes, man. I guess so. I've never been afraid to admit it, because it meant a lot to me. I invested a lot of time in this dude. <laughs> a lot of happy times. My first like big emotional moment with the game, where I, I guess saddened by the ending, which uh, I'm a big anime fan. Full Metal Alchemist was a big show back in the day for me. Read the manga, watched both the regular Full Metal Alchemist and Brotherhood, which I recommend watching them both, but Brotherhood follows the manga more. But uh, they released a couple of video games based on the series. And uh, the first one, I'll put it this way, I recommend play the game. It's an old PlayStation 2 game. If you don't have a PS2, go out. Uh, it's probably like a emulator somewhere or something like that that you can find or maybe buy it on Steam or something. I don't know. I haven't looked myself. Let's just say that there's a lot of buildup to a major letdown at the very end. Oh, yeah, that some anime has a way of doing that. All Japanese stories. Yeah, which I mean, what I really liked about it was that the uh, the people that I believe worked on the actual like anime were the ones that also worked on the cutscenes for the game. I like Brotherhood as well. Mm. I didn't play the game. I've heard you talk highly of it. Oh yeah, I mean, like I liked it a lot. May not necessarily be everyone's cup of tea, but definitely recommend give it a try. And they did release a second one. Uh, I think it might have been on PlayStation 2, maybe PlayStation 3, but also worth a play. Just, you know, if you're, especially if you're a fan of the series, kind of like a action adventure RPG. I am a fan of the series and I've got a PlayStation 2, so I guess I could dig it out of the somewhere. <laughs> Dust it off. Yeah. Hit it with like three cans of air duster. I plugged it in today. Works. On accident, and it's all lit up and pretty on my TV stand. Oh, oh yeah. I was noticed that because I had an extra outlet, and I was like, what's this cable go to? And I plugged it in, and now my PlayStation's all lit up. Mm. little red light. When's the last time you seen one of those? A minute. Roy Mustang, by the way. He was the character for me. The Flame Alchemist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's my favorite. He's got a classic anime rage moment person. He did. I never expected it to happen with him, but it did. Oh, I did. <laughs> Hughes had to go to make it happen, but it happened. Now, that was another sad moment. Yeah, that was kind of sad. I felt really bad about the poor puppy. Man, there was just like, a lot of sad moments in that series. It was a good one. A sad one, but a good one. Well, didn't mean to take over the podcast and switch from Halo to Full Metal Alchemist, but... I mean, it was an important sad moment in a video game. Somebody oh, yeah. had to say something. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, like, but it was, like I said, like a good game, but that was the first game that I've ever played that... Like, I literally, like, teared up and was, like, genuinely sad. But I was surprised by it. I was just like, this is just a video game. Why am I sad? <laughs> I thought the same thing. And then I thought of the books. I'm like, it's okay to cry over a book. And that's what I'm technically doing. <laughs> it's like a interactive book, yeah. almost. I mean, I have read his origin stories. Now, by the time Halo 4 came out, mm-hmm. I'd been living alone and everything. But I still loved it. I played Reach. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Yeah. The lore wasn't truthful to me i read mm. the book but uh halo 4 came out in 2012 another november release i think this one is more lore in it than any other game it's the didact is resurrected you're on a shield world mm-hmm. 
hell-bent on turning humanity into machines to re-raise the Forerunners. Definitely sounds like some, like, Dalek or Cybermen stuff going on there, man. By the way, Chief is alive. Mm-hmm. Happy days. Uh, he has been floating around on that half a ship in stasis for a long, long time. Like, what's a long, long time? Uh, I can't remember. Seven years? Maybe longer? Damn. I might be wrong. I might very well be wrong. Maybe two years. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but he had been out there for a long time. Enough for the Covenant to fracture. We sided with the elites, and mm-hmm. the rest of the Covenant is just kind of fractured and fighting amongst themselves and us. And they're not really a huge threat anymore. Okay. Humanity has been collecting the Halo arrays and trying to deactivate them so this can never be a problem again. By the way, at the end of Halo 3, you did activate the machine that built the Halo arrays. You activated it. It was far enough away from the galaxy to destroy the flood infestation far away from hurting everybody else. Okay. Because the flood followed us through to portal to get that thing. And was able to get all of it? Uh, yeah, we wiped out the flood that we knew about. And any of it that isn't known about is not a threat yet because it would have already conquered the galaxy. <laughs> if, um, uh, because it's mostly just a research station here and there, probably. Or a shield world that was conquered and they have no means of escaping that planet. So they're still stuck on the planet, but because um, you do come across them in Halo Wars, which is more like a battle game, like a strategy game, kind of. I guess. But that was Halo was originally designed to be that, and so they decided after it got successful to make Halo Wars. Um, they made it one and two, and they are connected to the newer games a little bit more in lore. So if you want to know the full lore, you should probably play Halo Wars. Okay. As well. Uh, check that out. Yeah, they are they are fun. Um, you can play as different sides. You can play as the Covenant or the Banished in the second game. The Banished are the big new bad guys in Halo Infinite, the newest game. They are just Covenant. They were so bad that they kicked them out of the Covenant to rage their own little wars. They were doing more damage to the Covenant than the entire human war did. That's not good. Yeah, and now they're against humans. It's even worse. They were the ones that wanted the Halo array that caused Cortana to sacrifice herself to mm. keep them away. Crazy. Yeah, but Halo 4... Cortana was going through rampancy, is what they call it, when they go mad. Mm. She did sacrifice herself to help us destroy the Didact in the end, but by sacrificing her physical chip in our head, it made her just connected to the domain. And that's where she got the idea to conquer the galaxy and protect humanity. So basically, she killed her Wi-Fi. Yeah, she killed she killed her, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And then joined a, a higher <laughs> plane of Wi-Fi. Well, I guess she that went, just kind of goes to show that AI is only as uh, dangerous as what it can access. Yes, that's true. She she had all the Forerunners and Prometheans tech in her head and decided, I think I can do this better. I mean, like, if you've got the most powerful AI in the world, would you download it onto a Tamagotchi? <laughs> like. <laughs> it'll poop itself to death in no time. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a, like a robot that I saw. I think it was like in a some sort of exhibit somewhere. And like, it was like programmed to do like menial labor. Oh, that like, sad one. The one that had the oil. Or was that, that the oil one or the or the, the loading of boxes one? The loading of boxes oh, one. Oh, yeah. And uh, as far as like what the story said went that uh, after doing it for so long, the AI just, uh, decided that basically it wasn't worth it anymore and killed itself. It, it was programmed to move the boxes indefinitely. And since it it couldn't complete its order because it would just indefinitely be moving boxes. It just shut itself off. It's what it's like. No, it cannot be done, and it will not be done by me if somebody is going to be doing it. Well, I mean, that sounds a lot nicer than what the article said that I saw. Just, AI kills itself due to menial labor. I mean, I mean, it's pretty much exactly what it is. The way it worked out, you do it nonstop, and then 
to it, it wouldn't die. It would just do it nonstop. And the only yeah. way to complete, technically, an infinite cycle is to stop it. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. Essentially. Because if it's infinite, then it doesn't matter when it stops. Yep. But it makes it, you wonder, like, in that scenario, specifically, if they would have given it some sort of an actual, like, schedule. Would it have done that? Probably not. I like to think not, but really all it does is even prolong the inevitable. It ain't like it would take the time off to do something important. Yeah, like, even if you, like, had scheduled time off, like, if you had to do that infinitely. <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> um, In a nutshell. <laughs> I like capitalism, don't get me wrong. It's the reason I have Halo and stuff. Just Dr. never stops. Yeah. Um, work, 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 and enjoy media. Company of people, if you have it. Good people. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. The Halo 5, I skipped it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just Master Chief going off, kind of went AWOL mm-hmm. to find Cortana. He kept hearing her voice, even though he knew she to be dead, her to be dead. And so he went off to go find her and went against orders to do it, which is very un-Master Chief thing to do. Yeah. Sounds uh, like a little bit of psychosis. Yeah. Well, in fact, it was where he is connected. The Forerunners, to help him be immune, the librarian, that woman, mm-hmm. the Didex wife, uh, she, in Halo 4, explained that being the librarian incapable of manipulating DNA. She has manipulated human DNA to lead to the outcome of a master chief being created and Cortana as well. So in a roundabout way, her avatar through genes is Dr. Halsey, who has created both master chief and Cortana. She Interesting. made it a, a long game plan there yeah, in people's DNA. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was an inevitable outcome that this would happen, a master chief and a Cortana. She made him change DNA-wise enough to not be affected by the Didex. I want to turn you into a machine beam. Okay. Yeah. So he could stop him. And I'm assuming she did something else. That's, I mean, that's all we know she done. Okay. But she done that. Uh, she upgraded Cortana enough to stabilize her just a bit until her inevitable death and slash uploading to the domain. Uh, that might mm. be what she done for Cortana. I really not can't remember her bringing it up. Popping herself to the cloud. Yeah. Now, so Cortana was technically in this infinite domain of internet against the, around the galaxy that was left behind by the Prometheans and the Forerunners. Mm-hmm. Even the Forerunners, of all their time they spent, didn't go through all the Prometheans' data on that, by the way. It was still mm-hmm. beyond them. He kept hearing these voices of Cortana, and he did track her down and kind of find out, yes, she was alive in the domain. He wasn't mad, after all. Uh, they sent another team of Spartans. You play half the game through as this other team of Spartans. Spartan 4s? Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike the first three generations, they are not trained from children. They are people who are really strong and get slightly less augmentation and slightly better armor than the Spartan 2s or 3s had because their bodies, you know, just couldn't handle all that as an adult. Mm. But it's less shady to take adults, so they've done that. So Spartan 4s are just adults who have been augmented enough to wear certain armors. Uh, uh, but gotcha. they sent them after Master Chief, and he, for the most part, collected his old team blue team mm-hmm. and uh beat them up real good when they finally did catch up to him dented the other guy's armor and everything with his fist it's just you can't compete with a spartan too because they were made from children to be even stronger and better than a human adult could ever become even if they've been slightly augmented themselves pretty sad yeah and of course you have to take into account whatever the librarian done to him <laughs> true he got the guy good and then Kind of find out Cortana was doing things. She was doing big things. She was inviting him to help build this protective galaxy array 
which is just what the forerunners used to use to keep solar systems in check. They mm-hmm. had these giant, what looked like mechanical angels that would hover around and they could just wipe planets clean if they got too out of control. They never really done it, but it was enough to keep people in check, you know? Yeah. Uh, so she was activating all those and going to police the galaxy. Damn. And then you track it down. And by the time Halo Infinite comes along, uh, she is dead. She was blown herself up to keep the, the banished from getting a hold of her tech or in her Halo arrays and the armada of angel galaxy things. <laughs> I mean, I really don't have much more to say about it. I will put an Amazon affiliate link for whatever games I can find into the description. It will, um, you know, give us a little kickback if you decide to buy it. Also look uh, and check out the books too, because they're definitely worth I reading. I will put the books in there. Now, I don't think you can find those anywhere else besides like Martin's Noble or something, but I'll put the Amazon affiliate links in there. That'll be more important than the games. I recommend the books. If you don't want to play the games, read the books. If you like sci-fi, read the books. You don't have to play the games. But still, recommend playing the games. They're all pretty fun, and just depending on your tastes, probably have a pretty good time. I remember now what I was going to say about the games. Um, You can find them on, if you have Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass or both, Mm -hmm. you can play them for free a part of your Game Pass. So, Oh, yeah? Yeah. I guess my final question on Halo will be, what has been your absolute favorite Halo and your absolute most disliked Halo? I would say Halo 3 was my favorite just because of the friends I had with me at the time, my new mm-hmm. friends and friends that lasted for years, you know. Uh, Understandable. And the story was good. It was a good end of the Covenant War, technically. It was a really good story. Great game. It broke records when it came out, just before Call of Duty started doing that, Modern Warfare mm. 4. That broke the record after that, but until then, it was Halo. I had been doing that. Uh, my least favorite is Reach, because it the lore is just, it's nice story, but mm. if you read the books, it just don't hold up. It, it's nothing to do with the books whatsoever. And for me, that was a, a big buzzkill. I played it, I still got it, but I didn't really have a great time after I finished it once. Definitely understandable. Uh, if you had a recommendation for me on like a good first Halo game to play, like as kind of like a beginner towards it, what would you recommend? If you was hunting for a shooter, I'd start off with Halo Combat Evolved or the Master Chief Collection, which has all three games in there. Or maybe four games now. Hmm. Uh, but Halo Combat Evolved, they remastered it. It's it's a pretty good game if you just want to jump into one and hmm. it will cover the... It, where it's a story-based shooter, it makes hmm. sense to start at the first, you know? Gotcha. I couldn't recommend something in between, really. I mean, Halo Reach, if you don't want to read the books, play Halo Reach first. Because it technically comes first. Well, might try to play Reach one day, and then uh, go for Combat Evolved and go for there. Yeah, I would do that. Also, if you don't like shooters, I would recommend Halo Wars. Because it is a fun strategy game. Which Halo was made the first time they designed it. It was going to be on the Mac. Halo Combat Evolved was going to be on the Mac. And Mm -hmm. it was going to be a strategy game like that not a turn-based one but strategy game oh love me a good strategy game yeah i think you'll like halo wars i played i played with my friend for a long time in halo wars i just glad to you know like hear you tell me about all the good times you've had with the games man like definitely got a few of those myself i went into the more lore rants than i meant to but hey i'm a lore person (laughs) man like i'm all about the lore dumps i am too i couldn't really go into call of duty as well because I'm surprised you didn't like have some sort of like giant dossier already kind of like ready to go. I remember most of the things that 
are important to mention. The dates, I'm bad of dates, and I'm bad of certain names, but there's also a cool guy named Admiral Cole. He was a, in the Halo stories. I remember his name because the Cole Protocol, The that is, when you encounter a Covenant ship, you randomly jump to a different space, but nothing leading back to Earth. So mm-hmm. the Cole Protocol, they have a short story about him and his lover that was an insurrectionist of all things, that he married and didn't know it for years. They were both captains of opposite fleets. Interesting. <laughs> living together away from their respective military lives for a while. Kind of like a space Romeo and Juliet. Yes. When it did come to to be known that he had uh, married her and that she was a captain of the ship that was always getting away from him in his massive fleet of UNSC ships, he, um, he was heartbroken. And then during a massive battle against the Covenant, he had hopped on a ship to himself, ordered the rest of them to flee, and was going to jump around, lead them into a a section of the sun that would pretty much incinerate all their ships. He was going to do that. Mm. And just before he done that, a humongous fleet of human designed, but not UNSC ships showed up and his ship did blow up, but the silhouette from the radar they'd picked up of the Mm. ship that went near the sun as soon as his ship exploded was that of that insurrectionist captain. And a lot of people believe that he found the moment to retire and flee and save his dignity at the same time. So, she saved him with a fleet. And insurrectionists didn't do that. They stole old free haulers and stuff like that. But during the Covenant War, people have overlooked the insurrectionists on the other side of the battlefield. Because mm-hmm. they, they just stopped fighting. They just kind of chilled over there and did their own thing. Uh, it looks like they managed to get some fleets built on their own. Well, sounds like that was a nice ending of that it, little it, story. Yeah, it was. Uh, Admiral Cole and his lady love insurrectionists that he is... What appear a lot of people think he didn't die. Like I said, they think that that ship, that silhouette that was beside him, was his former wife's and enemy's ship mm-hmm. silhouette, and that he has just hopped over to it and took off before his ship exploded in the sun. But they won. The insurrectionists and that Admiral Cole won against a massive Covenant fleet, which is unheard of. You normally have to outnumber them like ten to one to win against the Covenant fleet. Really? Yeah, they were highly advanced using reverse engineer uh, forerunner tech. The only thing we had on them was AI. They didn't do that. They just copied the same AI over and over and over from Foreigner Tech, and it made it go mad. That's horrible. Uh, given enough time, humans did reverse engineer enough to get stronger than the Covenant, but we were losing so badly, it was it was not going to look out good. Hmm. But anyway, I've run on a rant about that. We're part of a podcast network, a Gruesome Gaming Group. If you can find us on Twitter, it's Gruesome Gaming G. You can stay in touch with us on there. Send us a tweet, ask us questions, mm-hmm. give us ideas for another subject or something. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And also in this podcasting network is my sister and I do two more podcasts. One of them is Horrific History and Hauntings. It's a history and hauntings and just horrible things that happen throughout history or funny things or gruesome things. Uh, we cover that. My sister tells me all about that stuff. Pretty much is the narc, dark and morbid. And my sister and I also do another one called Brother Knows Quest. It's a podcast where I take a random tabletop role-playing game off my shelf down to my sister's and try to tell her about its setting and a little bit about the rules and see if she wants to play it sometime and get her opinion on it. Definitely also recommend listen to that. Dakota likes tabletop role-playing games. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be into them. Yeah, for an extent, like you can say, I'm kind of like the origin of that, but... It's my uh, own madness. I just introduced him to D&D, and then here we are. I can steal the IP of everybody and run campaigns <laughs> all my favorite subjects <laughs> but stay in touch with us get on twitter we also have a tiktok account but usually it's just clips and stuff from episodes we've done 
gruesome gaming g as well so yeah don't uh forget to check out our social medias leave any comments or likes let us know what y'all think thank you for listening i've been ramey this is dakota and logging off logging off